Good morning, and a happy Mother's Day. Hopefully you guys already said that to the ladies in your life. We have announcements, and I'm going to let you look at them yourself. I wanted to say a couple of things before we get started this morning. There is an application, just by a show of hands, who has a smartphone? Okay. And um, on the Apple platform, and I'm sure on all the others, there is an app that you can get, and it's called Uversion. Uversion? Uversion. And it's a Bible app, and it, it's free. And when it's sitting on your on the screen of your phone, it looks, it says Holy Bible. It's a little brown deal. The reason I mention that is that every day there is a new scripture. And if you're competitive or if this sort of tickles you, if you string along consistently a number of days that you have read the scriptures, and there's one verse, then it rewards you and it keeps track. And then it strings into weeks. And then it becomes kind of, I don't know, in my case, fleshly and a source of prideful boasting. And I won't tell you how many days I have consistently, but uh, 514. But so that's the problem I rescu- I, I'm wrestling with. I think I need to miss a day just so it starts back at zero. Here's the point. This morning scripture is one that I love and one that when I first read it with eyes to see and ears to hear as we pray before all of our sermons and our Bible studies and asking the Holy Spirit to wake us up, to let us see. When I was able to do that, I read 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and I immediately thought of my wife who is a mother and my mother. Let me read this to you. 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. My mother raised me, (laughs) and she did that. That's why I'm still here, because of her agape love. My wife married me, and because she loves that way, agape I'm still here speaking to you. Maybe I shouldn't be, um, but that is a mother's love, and our Father in heaven gave it to us. I want to read you another story here. Someone once said this, if we remove the rocks from a brook, it would lose its song. Well, that holds true for you and for me as well. The author Scott Walker tells us of the time that he was asked to help some friends dig through the ashes of their house after a fire. And when they arrived, all that was standing was a portion of the outer brick wall, where the piano once stood lay only a pile of ashes and twisted wire. Nothing had survived the blaze. But while sifting through the debris, Walker came across a tiny china bluebird 
And he wiped away the soot to find that the colors were still bright. There were a few hairline cracks that had formed in the glaze, but beyond that, it remained intact. Walker writes, As I gazed down at the bird's small beak and two black eyes, I wanted to weep. If only this little bluebird could talk. What a story it would tell. A story of the heat of the night, of terror, of survival against great odds. And then the crucial question hit me. Why did this China bluebird survive? It had survived the fire because it had been tested by fire. And so it is with human beings who have been refined in life's raging furnace. They are tougher, harder, and more resilient than those who have never faced difficulty and loss. That understanding may help us cope the next time the heat is turned up on our tranquil little world. So again, like the little China bluebird, our mothers have been refined by life's fires. And because they abide in the love that God gives us, they have been given that power through faith to love and bear all things, to love and believe all things, to love and hope all things, to love and endure all things. Abba Father, thank you for our mothers and the women in our lives. In the name of Jesus, amen. Tim, let's get started. My life flows on Through 
We come together this morning in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open and all desires are known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sins to God our Father, most merciful God. We confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Almighty God, in his mercy, has given his Son to die for you, and for his sake he forgives you all of your sins. And as your called and ordained servant of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all of your sins in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, And for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, Comfort and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Thee is Christ, the Lamb who was slain whose blood set us free to be people of God. 
power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and blessing and glory are his. This is the feast of victory for our God. Alleluia. Sing with all the people of God and join in the hymn of all creation, blessing and honor and glory and might be to God and the Lamb forever. Amen. This is the feast of victory for our God, for the Lamb who was slain has begun his reign. Alleluia, alleluia. The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O oh God, the giver of all that is good, by your holy inspiration, grant that we may think those things that are right, and by your merciful guiding, accomplish them. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Good morning, everybody. In God's book that you have the Bible in front of you, you can follow along with this reading. It's going to be an Acts chapter 10. I'll be reading verses 34 through 48. And it's on the Pew Bible, page 1710. What I'm about to read was uh, a few things popped up when I was reading it. Basically, that God does not show favoritism is what we're going to be reading about. And I'm just going to talk about the gospel. And guess what? The gospel is for the Jews and the Gentiles. And we all can share in the benefits of redemption. Let's read it. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism, but accepts from every nation the one who fears him and does what is right. You know, the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all. You know, 
what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and the power. How he went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. We are witnesses of everything he did in the country of the Jews and in Jerusalem. They killed him by hanging him on a cross, but God raised him from the dead on the third day and caused him to be seen, seen. He was not seen by all the people, but by witnesses whom God had already chosen by us who ate and drank with him after he rose from the dead, he commanded us. He commanded us to preach to the people and to testify that he is the one whom God appointed as judge of the living and the dead. All the prophets testify about him, that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on the Gentiles, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Then they asked Peter to stay with them for a few days. In your bulletin now, you gotta do a little work. You gotta read with me. It won't be hard. I'll start out, and every other verse you will respond. We're going to be looking at Psalm 98. And what was interesting about this to me was that this psalm was written to celebrate with joy the righteous reign of the Lord from its beginning and end. Let's see what Psalm 98 has to say. Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation known and revealed his righteousness to the nations. He has remembered his love and his faithfulness to Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shout for joy to the Lord. All the earth burst into jubilant song with music. Make music to the Lord with the harp and with the harp and the sound of singing. With trumpets, blasts of the ram's horn. Shout for joy before the Lord the King. 
Let the sea resound and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. Let the riders clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. The next reading I'm about to do comes from John, actually, the book of John, 1 John. Not the, the, not the big book of John, but the little book of John, I call it. It's a John 1, 2, 3. But we're 1 John. It's on your pew Bible or the Lord's Bible. 1903 in, the, in, the, in your pew. Sorry, I had a tab here and I'm going to get to it but very shortly, or not. Okay, First John talks about faith in Jesus Christ, and guess what? It's a sign of being born again. What? Let's look at, let's look at that. First John 5, 1 through 8. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves his child as well. This is how we know that we love the children of God, by loving God and carrying out his commands. In fact, this is love for God to keep his commands. And his commands are not burdensome, for everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world? Only, only the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. This is the one who came by water and blood, Jesus Christ. He did not come by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit who testifies because the Spirit is the truth. For there are three that testify, the Spirit, the water, and the blood, and the three are in agreement. This is the word of the God. Thank you. Hallelujah, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Hallelujah. The Holy Gospel according to St. John from the 15th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. This is St. John, the 15th chapter. 
The scripture of John 15, 9 through 17 is found on page 1677 of your pew Bible. John records, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in my love. If you keep my commands, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and abide in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. My command is this, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends. For everything that I learn from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. Love each other. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. In the name of Jesus. Today's gospel message continues during this season of Easter where last Sunday's gospel left off. Last Sunday, you'll recall that Jesus compared our relationship to him in like and kind between a branch and a vine. And just as a branch cannot produce anything without the vine, so we cannot do anything without Jesus. So, As you listen, as we hear today's gospel, we should have a a mental image of the special relationship between the branch and its vine. The Holy Spirit has grafted us into Jesus just as a vine dresser or a gardener or an orchardman would graft a branch into a vine. And if the branch does absolutely nothing, it's been cut, it's been put in, it's been wrapped up, if it just stays there, abides, remains, then... Everything 
goes well and it will thrive. Now, if the branch tries to contribute anything to the process, it will mess up the process. The branch will go into a rejection and it will die and it will dry up and it will be thrown into the fire. And as we hear more of Jesus' teaching today, we learn that the main nutrient that Jesus, the vine, feeds us, the branches, is the nutrient of love. Jesus said this, As the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Abide in my love. And as you might expect, this is not just any love. It is that love that we have heard before in Greek, agape, love. And we often have spoken about the special kind of love that the Greeks meant by that word, agape. And the truth be told that we really can't talk too much about love or too often. And today's gospel gives us the opportunity to do just that. One of the challenges of this language of ours, English, is that depending on the context, the English word love can have about 50 different meanings. Do you know what I mean? I love ice cream. Really? And what makes it even worse or harder for people to learn this, this, uh, this language, but what makes it worse is that our culture is constantly trying to pollute the word love with twisted meanings of its own. So, on this Mother's Day, let us imagine, if you will, an example of a mother, a mom, she who must be obeyed, demonstrating this mother's demonstrating agape love. Follow me, okay? A little story. Let's imagine a woman, and she is the mother of a daughter. And this girl is very bright and very active and a popular student at the local high school. And the school year is almost over. Spring is in the air. And everything feels fresh and new. And now a, a classmate invites the daughter to a party. That sounds innocent enough until the mother learns that the parents of this classmate will be out of town during the party. Are you following me? Now this party is really the idea of the classmate's older brother. 
and he's just gotten back from the university. And the mother begins to wonder if perhaps this party that his brother and his friends would throw might get kind of wild. She remembers that the house has a very, very nice bonus room. And in that bonus room is a very well-stocked liquor bar. And this mother considers the situation for a while, and she decides that the party has a very high potential to be a complete disaster. And she tells her daughter that she can't go to the party. Well, the daughter really wanted to go, and she thinks her mother is totally off base. And the frustrations, they well up, and words begin exploding out of her mouth. She says, you hate me. You never let me have any fun. I hate you. You are the stupidest mom ever. And the tirade continues for a while. And then the daughter storms off to her room. She slams the door. She texts her friends that her mom is a complete and total idiot. And then she cries herself to sleep. And during the next few days, the tension is palpable. It's miserable in that house. Are you still with me? The news about the party starts to filter. And it's coming in more and more during the day after the party. Apparently, the neighbors had to call the police in order to keep the partiers in line. And the police arrested the older brother and some of his friends for possession of a controlled substance. Several of the partiers were arrested for drunk driving as they tried to drive home. And one of the drivers evaded the police. And then he failed to notice a red light. And he and his friend died almost instantly when an 18-wheeler broadsided their vehicle. And after a few weeks, one of the daughter's friends learns that she is pregnant. And because she got so very high at this party, she has no idea who the father might be. And even though the mother's decision created all kinds of tension between her and her daughter, this mom is glad that she kept her daughter home that night. Now, the mother in this imaginary story, she exhibited agape love. She did what was best for the daughter, even though it meant discord and tension. 
Agape love means that you will do what is best for the people in your life, even if it means that they will hate you for it. It means that you do what is best for the people in your life, no matter what. Our culture has a whole different idea of love. Our culture as a whole is like the daughter in our little story. If anyone dares to suggest that a person's behavior might be self-destructive, our culture immediately replies with labels. You are arrogant, judgmental, narrow-minded, hateful, and divisive. And never mind the very real possibility that a, a person might harm herself or others, the fact that you disagree with her automatically means that you hate her. Our culture seems to define love as allowing everyone to do what is right in his own eyes, even if the facts indicate that this will cause real harm. Our culture exemplifies the words that Paul wrote to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5. Listen for a moment. But understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not loving, good, treacherous, reckless, swollen with conceit, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, and having the appearance of godliness, but denying its power. Our culture not only encourages people to have these vices, but it also teaches that such vices are actually virtuous. In honesty and truth, our culture's idea of love is really a disguised form of greed. Now how different, how different is God's love for us? In Romans 5, 8, God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And these Words that the Apostle Paul wrote to the Christians in Rome, they do teach us that God did what was best for us in spite of the fact that we hated him. And in today's gospel, Jesus tells us that the love he has for us is the same love that he, as God the Son, shares with God the Father. In today's gospel, Jesus takes agape all the way when he says, greater love 
has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. And Jesus did more than just talk about laying down his life for his friends. And even while Jesus was teaching his disciples with the words of today's gospel, Judas was on his way to the authorities to turn him in. He would soon lead the soldiers to Jesus in Gethsemane, where Judas would betray Jesus. The very next day, Jesus would fulfill his very description of love with his own suffering and death on the cross. And he would endure not only death, but also the anger of God that should have been directed at us in all of our sins. This is the love that saves us. And Jesus said, abide in my love. This is the love that the good shepherd who lays down his life for his sheep, this is the great love that lays down life for a friend. This is the love of the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the love of the God-man who stood between God and us and took the full force of the wrath of God for us. This is the love that bled on the cross and said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. This is the love that rose from the dead and promises us eternal life. Jesus said, abide in my love. And you remember last week, abide means remain. Stop trying in your own power. And the Holy Spirit has placed us in Christ Jesus through the gift of faith. And any work we do on our own only serves to reject that faith and expel us from Christ's love. Abiding in God's love means that he will work in us to strengthen our faith toward him, and he will work through us to show fervent love towards our brothers. God loves us unconditionally. He is the only source of pure, unconditional, agape love. It is in this love that God created us, and he still sustains us. It is in this love that compelled the Son of God to assume a human nature and sacrifice himself on the cross to save us from sin. It is in this love that we abide in faith. And just as God's love raised Christ from the dead, it promises that he will be with us here and now on this earth, and that we shall be with him forever in heaven. For it is by faith this love works in us and through us to free us so that we can obey God's command and love our brother even as God has loved us. 
In the name of Jesus, amen. Here's my heart.
Let us confess now our faith together to the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Let us pray. Dear Lord, our almighty God and Father, we gather today to praise your holy name, to give thanks for all the blessings you have granted us, and to enjoy the comfort and friendship of our church family, all members of the body of Christ. We give thanks for all those individuals, wherever and whomever they may be, volunteers or paid professionals, who have heard your call to serve others and to place the welfare of others above themselves, just as your son Jesus did for all of us. We ask that you protect them from harm and prevent feelings of discouragement when the fruits of their service are not immediately known. Let us also be the instruments of encouragement in your name for those who sacrifice for us. We give thanks for all those who serve our church family both during the week and on Sunday to bring us spiritual refreshment through our service of worship, Christian instruction, and fellowship. We give thanks for all who work to keep us together and focused on you, Jesus, our Savior. On this special day, we give thanks and pray for our mothers and all those who have served and continue to serve in this capacity throughout our lives. We pray for the women who gave us life, whether through childbirth, adoption, or as relatives or friends, and for those who took us in as their own, for those who sacrificed and continue to sacrifice much to protect and guide us, and for those who mend our wounds, boost our spirits, and teach us how to play nicely with others. Lord, please bless these souls. We pray for our nation our government leaders and those who aspire to become leaders. We pray for honor, wisdom, integrity, and devotion to serving the people of our nation rather than themselves. God Almighty, we pray to you, the creator of our universe and all that is in it. And we're troubled that our elected leaders can't remember to whom they should pray on our national day of prayer. Holy Father, we're becoming a godless nation, much like the enemies of our country, one that fears microscopic organisms, but has no fear of you. We teach our children to only respect themselves and nothing and no one else. The results are in the news every day. 
Lord, please guide us to turn from the foolish and destructive path we're on and help us remove politicians who lead us into temptation. Open the eyes and hearts of our citizens to see the hypocrisy, deceit, and hate being delivered through our media sources daily. We pray for comfort for those who have recently lost loved ones. Let us all help to reinforce the knowledge that the loved ones aren't lost at all, but rather they have been taken home to be with you. Father, in the presence of our Lord Jesus, and we will be with them again when you call us home. We pray for the sick and those suffering, the oppressed, the lonely and distraught. Help us to be the instruments of your grace towards those in need. We praise and thank you, Holy Spirit, for always being with and within us to keep us focused on our Savior, Jesus, and for reminding us that we are never alone and that we have great value in our Creator's eyes. Thank you most especially, Father, for the gift of your Son, our eternal Savior, Jesus Christ. Finally, we now share with you our personal prayers, spoken aloud or kept deep in our hearts. Into your hands, Lord, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. And now may the peace of the Lord be with you always. Will you pray with me? Blessed are you, O Lord our God, maker of all things. Through your goodness you have blessed us with these gifts. With them we offer ourselves to your service and dedicate our lives to the care and redemption of all that you have made. For the sake of him who gave himself for us, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right and salutary that we should at all times and in all places offer thanks and praise to you. O Lord, Holy Father, and Almighty and ever-living God. But chiefly, we are bound to praise you for the glorious resurrection of our Lord, for he is the true Passover Lamb who gave himself to take away our sin, who by his death has destroyed death, and by his rising brought us to everlasting eternal life. And so with Mary Magdalene and Peter and all the witnesses of the resurrection, with earth and sea and all their creatures, and with angels and archangels and cherubim and seraphim, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, Lord God of power and might, Heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. 
Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks. And he broke it, giving it to his disciples. He said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And again, after supper, and Jesus took the cup, and he gave thanks. And then he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and drink, all of you. This is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. For we know, as often as we eat of this bread and drink of this cup, that we proclaim Christ's death, his resurrection, and his glorious coming back again. Let us now pray together the prayer that Jesus gave to us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. In a moment we are going to have the opportunity of the feast that was prepared for us by what he did on that cross for those he loved so very much, agape love. You're going to taste agape love from the good shepherd for you that saves you, rescues you from death and the devil. You may be seated, and the ushers will bring you forward. Me too. 
Thou God art present.
Mother's Day again, and by mothers, there's some who have actually given birth, and there's others who have stepped in as role of mothers to those who they did not give birth to, but they love fiercely and purely people, children as their own. May God bless you all. And now the benediction. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and grant you his perfect peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn is Good to Me by Audrey Assad.
Yeah, you're good.